to Make Share Grow, a podcast about art making and the creative process. I'm Julie Marriott, painter, mother, and lover of bold and joyful color. Come on into my studio. I hope what I share here about my art practice will inspire you in your own creative journey. Hello, friends. I'm so glad you're here. This is week 11 of my journey towards creating a new painting collection. And if you have made it this far with me, thank you. You are so kind to listen every week and hear what I have been working on. I hope it's been interesting and inspiring and maybe gotten you thinking about breaking out of some of your creative boundaries too, just like I have during this collection, discovering all kinds of new things and trying to stay loose and free and exploratory through these paintings. So this week was a good mix of um, kind of starting some final steps as we get towards the end of the collection that to prepare to launch it and then also uh, finishing beginning the final paintings of the collection. So the first major project that I did this week was I designed and ordered new postcards. So about once a year, I um, I have to order some new materials to send out with my orders. Now, I don't mail postcards. These aren't postcards intended to send through the mail. Um, I began making postcards because I did one holiday art market and I ordered some postcards to be able to hand out to people who visited my booth. And I loved having something bigger so that I could print some of my art on the back of the card and then have more room for a photo and like even like a little artist description and then all my contact information on the back, which is just way more than you can fit on a tiny business card. And I just felt like it was so, so much better for a visual artist to be able to have a little bit of a bigger canvas, I guess, to stretch out on and to have some beautiful imagery and to communicate that side of my creativity. So I just have kept making postcards and never went back to business cards. And so I mail out a postcard with every order I receive, every piece of art that I sell. And um, I also will include a handwritten note often and um, or a thank you note of some sort. So um, yeah, I worked on that. And designing, I just am reminded every time I sit down to make something on the computer, it takes me so long. It was basically the entire day was spent working on this postcard, like all my working time. And I even was just revamping the one that I had before, but I got new photos and I kind of updated the wording on the card to um, better, you know, just better align with what's going on in my business now. And I'm really excited for them. And they're even a little bit bigger than my previous cards. So I think it's going to feel really beautiful um, when it comes with my my paintings that I'm going to ship out. So um, that was my first project of the week. And then the second kind of businessy, <laughs> businessy sort of thing that I worked on was I sat down and officially started planning out my marketing calendar for the final weeks leading up to my collection launch. And 
this is only the second collection that I've done a very planned and thoughtful marketing calendar for, and um, I really like it. I have always beforehand for, I don't know, the last several years, I've been launching collections and um, kind of doing the same things for each collection, but I've never actually sat down and really got thoughtful about what I wanted to share. And it's mostly planning out my emails and planning out my social media posts. And those are the two things that feel like I I would sit down and if I was winging it, I would feel a little bit like, oh, what am I supposed to share? What am I supposed to say? What have I said before? What would it be good to repeat? And I just kind of like wing it every time. And um, this is my second collection that I've really been much more thoughtful and have kind of planned out a sequencing to what I want to say that hopefully will walk my audience through sort of a process, especially with the emails, like thinking through what have I told my email list? What do I still need them to know? What would I love to share with them so they can understand the story of the collection? And um, when am I going to send out my video to them? What I want them to know afterwards or with the video? So all of that. And then also just when, when you're doing all the things for a collection launch, like trying to finish the artwork, trying to get it photographed, trying to name everything, trying to create your listings, trying to make sure that you're consistently sharing with your audience. It just gets really tiring. So to have a plan, especially for what I want to email and what I want to post every day for the weeks leading up is really, really nice. Now that is way more organized than I usually am, especially for, especially for social media. I generally post whatever I feel like is appropriate for that day, and I decide that day. And um, I'm usually not nearly this organized, but I usually by this time, by the end of a collection, I I have a good catalog of photos. Like I take lots of photos and generally share some of them when I take them, but then I have other ones that people haven't seen or photos saved up from past photo shoots that I haven't shared in a long time. I can kind of, I have an app, I can kind of plan out and load up all of the photos that I think would be nice for the couple weeks leading up and kind of plan out generally what I'm going to share each day with each photo. And that takes so much of the mental energy out of the whole collection release process. And when I'm feeling kind of worn out, like I've been talking, talking, sharing, sharing, painting, painting, planning, planning, (laughs) having that kind of planned out for me, it feels so good. And even if it's pretty loose, even if I don't know exactly what's going to go with the photo that day, at least I have the photo planned and um, have one less decision to make in my day. And yeah, it's great. And so I've about halfway planned out my um, marketing calendar. I have what I did last time and I'm kind of following that, but not rigidly. I have some things that I did, I'm not doing for this collection release and I have some things that I'm adding in. So um, yeah, that felt really good because I got to the place earlier this week where I decided and announced what my release date is going to be. And um, 
It's going to be in about three weeks on April 30th. And um, then I kind of was like, okay, now that I have the firm date, I it's sort of this cascade of events that has to happen before that date arrives. And now I have to really buckle in and plan out what's going to happen almost like every day to get me to that finish line. So that is the super planned, organized side of me that kicks in, well, maybe like three times a year (laughs) when I launch collections. More than that, maybe like five times a year. But other than that, I love having the freedom of just painting and creating and having a loose plan. And then when I get near the end, then I have to be a little bit more conscious and intentional. Um, And I feel like I owe that to my artwork because I'm so um, like in love with what I'm creating and I want people to know when it's going to be released. And I've already had people asking about paintings and when they can purchase them. And so I just need this all to be very clear and well communicated and um, helpful to my audience and helping them be able to see everything that I'm going to share enough times um, that they actually know when to show up and when how to sign up for my email list and all of those things. So yeah, it feels really good. It feels really good to have that date. I um, had several just sort of like family schedule and life schedule things that I was working around where I wasn't quite sure what the right day was going to be for me to pick. And so I finally just decided, okay, it's the 30th. It's a Friday. I like launching on Fridays because it gives me the whole week leading up to it to talk about it. Because if I come off of a weekend and try to launch early in a week, I feel like people are just getting out of their weekend, getting their minds into the week and not necessarily maybe paying attention to social media as much as they would if they had a whole week of posts (laughs) kind of coming at them. Hopefully they'll get a couple of them um, and allows them to see, you know, and get the message that the artwork is going to be available on Friday. So that's what I've done for the last couple launches and it's worked well and it works well for me so I don't have to be working hard Um, trying to communicate a ton over the weekend when I like to be with my family and relaxing a lot more. And so, yeah, that is my plan. And it feels really good to pick that date and to announce it to the world and then just keep um, saying it more specifically from here on out. So yes, that's where I'm at. So in addition to just planning out all of those sorts of businessy things, I have started the final three paintings of this collection. Ah, I'm really happy about it. I've been really looking forward to these three big canvases since I ordered them and they've just been sitting like waiting for me and I'm excited to really dive into them. So there are three 30 by 30 square canvases. And like I said, they're bigger than my usual. And so um, it's been really fun to kind of feel how they're different from my 24 by 30s. They're just, you know, they're the same height, but they're just wider. And so I feel like I can just be a little bit more expansive. It feels a little bit more all um, encompassing. Like when I'm standing close to the canvas, it really like fills out my field of vision and it just feels a little bit extra room to stretch out and more expansive, and I love it. And um, so I've gotten to sort of the drippy stage. I did my sketches. Um, I should say that I'm working on these three 
as a group. They're not of the same thing. They're not all the same, like, flower types or anything, but I felt like I kind of wanted to, in these final steps of the collection, move through these through as a group. So I did all my sketches on them all at the same time, and then I did a pass over all of them and added all of the drippiness. And so that is the phase that I'm at right now. So I'm going to be developing them over um, this next week and getting all of the details kind of clarified, maybe. We'll see. They might all stay in the very end of fine phase this next week, and then the final final passes will come in two weeks. We'll see. Um, but yeah, it feels great to get those started and feel like I'm making these final steps in this collection, and I can see the end so clearly now, and I'm really just trying to savor these final couple the final couple paintings and feel like, oh my goodness, this is a chapter that is closing soon. And it just, I don't know, it feels like a celebratory moment. And so I'm kind of just soaking it all in. Now I wanted to move into answering a question from my audience. So here it is. It says, I'm new to painting. I would love to hear any advice and tips for beginners. As I was thinking over this question, I there's so many things I feel like you learn along your journey as an artist, but I feel like the most important things at the very beginning are one about more about like your knowledge as an artist, and then the second part is about materials. So I'm going to start with the knowledge part. So when you're new to painting, there is a lot going on. There's the drawing sort of, well, there's like the composition, getting what's in your mind out on the canvas side, your drawing skills side, if you're going to like sketch the thing beforehand. And then there's all the color theory stuff that's going on on your canvas. And so there's just a lot coming at you. And if you, um, have never really learned about color theory or interacted with mixing color before, if that's pretty new to you, there can be a lot that's happening that you don't quite understand. Like, what's going on? Why did that happen? Why does it look like this? I'm getting frustrated. Um, there's a lot of things like that. And what can really help is getting a fundamental knowledge of color theory and also of values um, and what that means for your painting. And I know that a lot of people start falling asleep if you start talking about the color wheel, but I find the color wheel and color theory so wonderful and fascinating. And there is really introductory ways of understanding it that like very simple concepts that can be so transformative if you're a beginning painter. And really, you don't have to learn all there is to know about color or do a ton of color tests or anything like that to really change your game for when you're painting. So what I would recommend is just learning about the color wheel in the way that colors can interact if they're warm and cool and if they're complementary colors or um, if they're analogous colors, which means they're close to each other on the color wheel, and complementary colors are across the color wheel from each other. 
And essentially, if you start mixing colors that are further and further away from each other on the color wheel, they're going to mute each other more and more. They're going to take away their intensity and create more muted, complex colors. And that is so foundational for when you're painting, because if you have, you know, six or 10 colors laid out on your palette, it's so helpful to know if I mix red and orange or red and yellow together, they're going to stay really vibrant. But if I start moving towards mixing like red and blue together or red and green or yellow and purple, they're going to mute each other and create much more neutral, I I guess a... um, less beautiful word is muddy colors. And we could really want muddy colors in our paintings for specific purposes, or we would want could want to avoid them because we want really vibrant, pure colors. So getting a good understanding of how the color wheel works and practicing mixing the colors that you have on your palette or in your you know bin of paints, just sitting down and playing with those mixtures and seeing how the colors that you have interact with each other is so valuable. And I love to have when I was teaching art at an art studio and then going on and teaching some painting workshops, I loved having my students just mix together the colors that they have available to them and just play with them and see what happens. And as you learn about the color wheel, it'll kind of help you understand why those things are happening. So that would be my first tip is learn about uh, color and from the color wheel and color theory, just an introductory amount to help you understand what's going on. And then also learning a little bit about value contrasts and so how you could have a very colorful painting, but they're all kind of shades of medium colors. And if you don't have a lot of light colors or dark colors mixed in, your painting can look very flat and uninteresting. And learning about values is essentially just if your if your whole painting was converted to grayscale or shades of black and white and gray, would it have lots of contrast, some dark areas, some really light areas, some medium areas, or would it all be kind of like medium grays or all really light grays? Um So thinking about your colors and their values in relation to one another can really help with paintings that feel flat. So um, that is what I would recommend if you're a beginner learning about values too a little bit and helping you see and start learning to help you see your colors and their values, not just the shade of the color, but also how light or how dark it is. And then on the um, material side, My biggest recommendation is buying the highest quality paints that you can afford and you feel comfortable with and not stressing out about the substrate that you're painting on or the brushes that you're using. You can make beautiful paintings with very inexpensive brushes, and I feel like you really have... uh, This is totally my personal experience, but I feel like you need years of painting under your belt to really appreciate super expensive brushes because it's almost like it what the brush is doing and the materials the brush is made out of is not nearly as important as what you know how to 
do with the brush, if that makes sense. Like the materials are secondary, the brush is secondary, the canvas is secondary to you and what's going on with your knowledge of color and how to handle your materials. And the quality of the brush doesn't up your game all that much. It only really enhances like what you already know, if that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) And so I feel like I am still using, for the most part, pretty inexpensive brushes because I don't feel like I need a fancy brush. It doesn't change my painting game all that much. So just experimenting with less inexpensive brushes and finding more the shape of the brush that you enjoy, the, the variety of shapes that you enjoy, and that kind of get the kind of strokes that you like, and then also um, the texture of the brush. So you can buy inexpensive, more bristly, um, heavy-duty brushes, and you can also buy inexpensive soft brushes that are more acrylic or watercolor brushes. The heavier-duty ones are more like mixed-media or oil painting brushes. So even just buying a variety of less expensive brushes to find out what your preference is with their shape and their flexibility can be great. And you don't have to dish out a ton of money buying the most highest quality professional artist brushes, especially when you're starting out. Same thing for paper and for canvas. Start out on less expensive paper and canvas because really you're going to have more anxiety, I feel like, Uh, starting out about wasting really expensive materials that's going to hold you up than if you just had ones that you could work through and be like, nah, not so great, paint over it, toss it, do whatever, um, and not have that psychological barrier of really expensive things. The reason I would say spend what you feel like you can afford, the highest quality paint you can afford is because the actual quality of your paint will help you be less frustrated as an artist um, because higher quality paints have more intense pigmentation. They have more of the pigment in them, which will actually help you achieve the colors that you're looking for and the vibrancy and help you feel less frustrated even as a beginner. And way I would just say that they have more much more um, bang for your buck (laughs) Uh, having good quality paints versus higher quality brushes or papers or canvases. Okay, so now I'm going to share something that I loved this week. The thing that I loved this week was being a plant lady. (laughs) I have a lot of houseplants. I have a growing collection of houseplants. And um, this is something that's relatively new for me. When we moved homes uh, six months ago, it's been now, um, we moved from a home that had pretty few windows and it was more shadowy on the inside, I guess you could say. It just didn't have a lot of bright, indirect light for plants. I came from that sort of house to a home that has so much beautiful natural light. There's lots of windows and lots of wonderful places to put plants that will get light and live (laughs) and not shrivel up and die and struggle. And so I have been loving buying house plants and I have some wall planters that I bought. I love them. They're Wally Grow brand and they're like these little white buckets that you can hang on the wall and you can create a 
kind of a wall hanging of plants. So I have a grouping of those in our living room that are straight across from some windows and they've been doing so well. I um, have been really enjoying having them and having some palm trees and having lots of pothos plants because they're really easygoing and you can ignore them for a week or two and they don't die on you. And um, I have some philodendrons, like uh, vine sort of philodendrons and oh, all kinds. I have snake plants. I have all a bunch of different kinds, but um, I'm just really enjoying having a day where like my house to do that day is taking care of the plants and making sure they're all happy and moving them around if they're not and trimming off dead leaves and watering them and doing all of those things. And I have an orchid that was given to me by a neighbor and it was struggling and now it's so happy and it's about to bloom and I don't know what color of flowers it has. I've never seen it bloom before. So it has a whole branch of buds that are just ready to open. And so I'm waiting anxiously for those. And so it just feels good to take care of plants and to have a place that I feel like doesn't kill the plants. (laughs) And I just love having plants in my studio space too. They just really lift my mood and feel very happy and healthy and inspiring um, having around me while I paint. So that's the thing I loved this week. And that wraps up the show for this week. Thanks so much for joining me. And also, I want to say thank you for those of you who have been leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts. I love reading them. And I just read a new one that said that I was inspiring you to feel more free in your painting practice and to kind of let go of your inhibitions and maybe some mental boundaries that don't need to be there. And that means the world to me. I am so happy that sharing what I'm learning in my painting practice is inspiring you and even inspiring some people to paint who have never painted before. So that makes me so happy. Thank you for sharing that with me. If you haven't left a rating or a review, I would be so appreciative if you would do that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast. That is so um, encouraging and inspiring to me too. All right. I hope you guys have a great week and I will meet you back here next week for another chat. All right. Bye for now.